0: I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
1: This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA.
0: The cities that have turned into uh, migrant sanctuaries are burdened with this incredibly expensive metric that you're detailing here, but it's not just New York. Chicago's got issues. Many cities have issues. And all of a sudden, the people that vote, and here we are, nine and a half months, ten months away from the election, are realizing the impact of this unresolved 2016 issue now hitting them right in their own jurisdiction. And so, I, I I predict this probably becomes the number one and maintains that status as both sides turn this into a, a huge fight. But now it's hit home. I mean, New York's got lots of other problems these days, but this one's getting up to the top of the New York charts. Right. And I think that's going to make it even more unstable and really going to really, be a very interesting outcome in terms of the general election.
2: Yeah, in a general election, what will it spell for those who are one-issue candidates, and are one-issue voters. Abortion is probably going to be one of the issues for many people. that say, we're going to go vote simply because of we're pro or anti-abortion. But how many are willing to go out and say, I'm either going to vote or I'm not going to vote because I don't care about the illegal issue? If you don't care, you are one of the minority in the nation, even Democrats. Even leftist Democrats recognizing how bad it is. That was Kevin O'Leary, as you well know, from the O'Leary Ventures, his own firm, and also appears on the Shark Tank from time to time, and pointing out that if the issue has gotten so bad it even hits the charts of New York, you know, there'd be a time you talk about, you hit the charts of New York City, man, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Well, illegal immigration has made it to New York, entrenched, and causing havoc and chaos, as it should for a sanctuary city and state. And they just don't seem to have any real issue other than trying to blame, put the blame somewhere else. But let me tell you what Governor Hochul is doing, or proposing. This this is just another example. She's already worked on making it easier for illegals to get jobs, taking jobs away from Americans, you know. Now she's moving forward with the plan to retool the New York State Civil Service Commission. Her plan is to for the state to hire 4,000 illegals for entry-level jobs. And to do so, to make the illegals at the head of the line, her approval will eliminate several requirements that would have kept illegals from being el- el- eligible So you're going to move them forward. The rules requiring applicants take the civil service exam to have a high school diploma, you don't need that anymore to be employed by the state in New York. The aim is, obviously, to get illegals into the state faster once they do get approved work permits. And she said, I hear from business owners all over the state asking, approve illegals for jobs. We can't get any Americans to work. Well, you know, if you can't get any Americans to work, maybe it's because of what you're paying, Maybe. But do you think they're going to pay the illegals more? Is that going to make it better for Americans who want better jobs and work? No, that's not. But the fact that she's basically taking away things like you have to have a high school diploma, have to pass a civil service exam, she's taking it, and for illegals, you don't need it. Go to the front of the line. We'll get you a job in place of Americans. And Kevin Leary knows that, and that's why he's pointing it out in that fashion. It has hit New York. Here we are, Hour 2 of Larry Connors USA on the last day of this leap year, Feb 29, 2024. And, of course, reminding you, when we're on the air with you, we're streaming video you can watch, either live or as it comes down for the stream or pull it up later as a podcast. Everything's available at Larry Connors USA Facebook. Rumble, Twitter, and Newstalk STL, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter. So you got a lot of options to listen or pull it up, video or audio later. And when you do, please share with others. If you miss anything, you find the podcast at LarryConnorsUSA.com. LarryConnorsUSA.com or, again, LarryConnorsUSA Facebook. And many of you have been pulling it up and watching there. Go ahead and join LarryConnorsUSA Facebook. I don't bug you with messages other than just posting information about the show. And uh, you can not put on alert so it lets you know I sent out a new message. It seldom do I put something out on Facebook that's that urgent. I'm not saying I don't, but I'll leave it up to you. But at least go ahead and sign in as a fan and like, and also go ahead and subscribe. It's all free. cost costs you nothing. So this illegal issue uh, obviously continues to escalate, and we had today Biden and Trump at the border. Biden at Brownsville, and about 300 miles uh, to his west at Eagle Pass, uh, Donald Trump. Well, Speaker Mike Johnson took to task the fact that Joe Biden continues to insist, "I can't shut the border. I don't have the authority. I need, I need some kind of special deal." Now he says. If you pass this, well, we can shut it if there are 5,000 within a week. So if you're going to have that kind of authority, you have, but on top of that, he knows, he knows exactly what Congressman Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, told him.
3: The president has the executive authority to fix it right now. I told him at the White House yesterday, one on one and in the group. I told him, Mr. President, if you just issue an executive order that reinstates remain in Mexico, sir, the border patrol, your, the on border patrol, your your agents told us it would it would reduce the flow by 70 percent almost overnight because the message would go out throughout the world. Don't waste your life savings on a cartel. They're not going to be able to get you over the line. Stay where you are. Stay in Mexico. Stay in a safe third country. He won't do it, Sean. He told me that he he didn't have the authority to do that. I said, that's just simply not true. President Trump did it. Why can't you do it? He said, oh, Mexico doesn't want that. Well, you're the president of the United States. You should act like it. This is a very, very dangerous time, and we've allowed that to continue. You've got, I think there may be 15 million illegals who have come across that border since Joe Biden took office. You know, President Trump had such a, there was such a distinction between these two leaders. You know, he built the wall. He, He deported criminals, and he seized fentanyl. Joe Biden has done exactly the opposite of all of it. We see the effects, and America can't stand for this any longer.
2: No, we can't. And he was appearing on the Sean Hannity program. That's why you're hearing the music come up under him at the end as they were wrapping up that segment. But again, that is Speaker Mike Johnson saying to Biden, you've got the authority and approval. You don't need anything else. Now let's go to a former Department of Homeland Security secretary who was under Obama. This would be Jay Johnson and a question raised to Jay Johnson about what they have been doing and what they've been facing in What does he see in the future? Have
4: you ever seen it this bad?
5: No. The border. And what do you think? December, we had 250,000 apprehensions in one month. My second year in office, we had 315,000 apprehensions in all of the year 2015. Mm. Just for some perspective here. I understand the numbers have dropped a bit of late, but... Longer term, big picture, this is a a hemispheric shift northward. It's a crisis on multiple levels in multiple places. It's a crisis on the southern border in Texas, in Arizona, and it's a crisis here in Midtown Manhattan, just a few blocks away. You can see migrants uh, by the Roosevelt Hotel, on the subways, at Times Square. This is extended nationwide now. The issue is, what do we do about it? Yeah. Do we continue to play politics and scream about this issue? Or do we fix the problem?
2: Well, two things he said about the seismic shift and everything. What do I get down to it? Fixing the problem, he admits that they had said, he had said in 2019, and we have a 1,000 show up at the border. That, that's too many to handle. And 4,000, way too many. And we're way past that jay johnson again was department homeland security secretary under obama and we did have some effort to keep the border shut down and he says we need to get solutions well here we go jay johnson
5: i think we need to put aside whose fault it is on what administration did this happen there are solutions to this problem we need more border patrol officers we need more judges we need an emergency authority like a title forty two when the numbers get high we need to fix how one qualifies for asylum in this country raise the bar on the front end Mm -hmm. that aspect of the system serves as a magnet for more illegal immigration and then longer term We've got to deal with what's happening in the hemisphere that is causing this great shift
2: northward. But that's the point. It's not the great shift northward. They're coming from all over the world. And, Jay Johnson, you know that. So when you say we need to get past political, you're spouting politics. You're trying to act like it's the division, the issues down the Central America, the Triangle, and the South America. No, it's all over the world, and they're all trying to come here, and many of them, Sneaking across the border at night, young Chinese military age men. And you know, you know the president could put a stop to it, because you served under a president who was not allowing the border to be fully open. Obama and Bill Clinton had said immigrants are welcome in our nation, but we are a nation of laws. You have to come here lawfully. Then you got the San Antonio mayor, which is just uh, north of where Biden was visiting the border today, insisting, uh, it's all Trump's fault.
3: I would characterize this more as a political crisis than an immigration crisis, really, because uh, you know, there's uh, 114 million displaced people all around the, all across the world. We are seeing cer- certainly a surge of migrants at the southern border. We have for years under multiple administrations here in San Antonio. Uh, We're 150 some odd miles from the border, so we've had 100- 600,000 migrants through our community since January of 2023. But we seen these things uh under trump we've seen them under biden we've seen them in administrations far beyond that what is different here is a level a level of demagoguery that's being played out by extreme MAGA republicans at the behest of trump
2: no no it's not the behest of trump i'm making all these complaints and i want the border shut it's for national security you're the one who's playing politics when you make that statement Hunter Biden, of course, was deposed behind closed doors yesterday. And what was really learned? Anything new? Or did we get evidence where Hunter trapped himself in the family and some of his lies? Congressman James Comer.
4: We were able to confirm a lot of the wrongdoings uh, through Hunter Biden's testimony. Uh, there are many financial crimes that we believe have committed that were committed by the Biden family. Uh, Hunter was asked about specific transactions with specific LLCs that many of whom that I've uh, referred to as shell companies. Uh, he, we got his answer on the record. and We're going to go back and, and uh, verify many of those things. But what we also learned today, Sean, was that a lot of what Hunter said was contradictory to what three of, at least three of his former associates said.
2: Well, and that's a little difficulty for him when you say some of his own associates say something different than what Hunter Biden is saying. Well, I'm Hunter Biden. You should take my word for it. Sorry. Got to lose. I'm sorry. That was a. <clears throat> sorry, Hunter. It's a. Uh, Donuts that have powdered sugar on them. I'm sure that's what that was. Yeah, I'll take your word. <laughs> and then Comer says, look at the proof we do have.
4: I think the next phase now is to bring Hunter in for a public hearing and hear from the other Biden associates. And let's determine then who the American people think are telling the truth, because we've got the bank records. Bank records don't lie. We know the Bidens have taken in tens of millions of dollars from our adversaries around the world. And we still don't know after all these depositions, after all the hours of testimony from the Biden family, exactly what the Biden family did to earn the 30 million dollars from our enemies around the world
2: no we don't and of course the public hearing is yet to be scheduled i'm anxiously waiting that'll be must watch listen to when it comes out we also have members of two other committees that are the chair of two other committees have been present in all this they have a stake in it one of them of course be congressman jim jordan chair of the house judiciary committee And the other would be Missouri Congressman Jason Smith, chair of Ways and Means, and says the reason we got our foot into the door is because it did involve monies that need to be accounted for. So here's their take on what they heard from Hunter Biden.
0: We got a lot of good information I think would be a good roadmap for when, in fact, we do have... A public hearing. But you're right, we already knew that it was phone calls, it was lunches, it was dinners, it was rounds of golf from the same White House who said he had no involvement whatsoever with his business and any of his business associates, but he engaged in all those activities. And we knew that from previous witnesses that we've had a chance to depose.
1: He first started out his opening statement as you said earlier that his father was not involved in his business dealings. Well guess what? His business associates have testified differently. The two IRS whistleblowers that came before the Ways and Means Committee, their evidence proves differently. In fact, Sean, 327 different emails prove differently that was between Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and his business associates. Joe Biden was not just involved he he was a participant in these activities.
2: And the thing to keep in mind, what you're hearing from them was their view of what they heard and how they interpreted it and what they say took place. Honor Biden obviously has a different story as to his attorneys and the left that were in the hearing. And when it comes to different testimony from different folks, even those who are supposedly involved directly with Hunter Biden and some of his dealings are whistleblowers inside the IRS or FBI is how various investigations into Hunter or the Bidens were shut down rescheduled put aside that can be a he said she said type thing each and every day in time but when you have documentation that changes things and a lot of the things that they have WhatsApp messages text messages emails that are actually off of either Hunter's laptop directly or from some he communicated with. And then on top of that, you got those pesky bank records. Bank records that track money here and there from which source to what source. And the question is, why? Who gets it? Why that happened? Those things aren't just thin air. They're solid material evidence. Now, you may have an explanation for them. But it doesn't show so far, and you would have thought that'd been the first thing they would have done is discount bank records. They can't do it. They won't do it because it's impossible unless you just want to rewind everything and say, let's start over and forget any of it ever happened. Not likely to happen. But Florida Congressman Byron Donald said Hunter Biden is displaying the family trait lately, amnesia.
5: There were times where he could recall the heavy details of, of conversations and there were times where he would say, I don't recall, I can't remember, I'm not sure about this, um, which, calls into, which from my vantage point calls into question how forthcoming he really was. Look, at the end of the day, there is more than $20 million that has gone through Hunter Biden and through Jim Biden to the family members um, of that family. That's number one. Number two, there's no real reason that we could even glean from this deposition as to why he was so critical to raise all this money, except for the fact of his last name. Yep. And he could never really come to a, a, a clear answer as to why he was so critical uh, to be able to, to raise capital across the globe and make money across the globe.
2: Because of my last name is Biden. We all know that. Otherwise, Larry Connors would have been there ahead of you. I promise you. <laughs> no, I have no want, no desire to deal with foreign entities that want to threaten and undermine our government. Anyone to that extent. Country ahead of that. Coming up, Joe Biden showing in Michigan. And Chuck Todd says, you know, he came out looking pretty strong in Michigan. Really? Stand by, please. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Question. Do you know what vermiculite is? It is an insulation in the attics of hundreds of thousands of homes and public buildings. Looks like kitty litter, but often contains asbestos. Wellington Environmental is the largest company in the Midwest that can remove that hazard for you. Wellington has what is called the General A powerful industrial vacuum that can suck vermiculite out of the attic. Hang hang on, there's something else you should know. Many of you might qualify for up to a $4,000 rebate. You should at least contact Wellington to see if you qualify. And here's something else. Wellington arrives at the time they give you, not sometime within four hours. 314-644-4930. 644-4930. WellingtonSTL.com, WellingtonSTL.com, Wellington Environmental, your world cleaner, better, safer, be well with Wellington.
1: Talk radio made in St. Louis.
2: Very exciting for what you guys are doing for the St. Louis community. For St. Louis.
4: Relevant local talk. Saying what we are thinking. This is News Talk STL. Oh, you guys are awesome. I love you. And it really, it's a tremendous honor to be on the station. News, analysis, and opinion. Thanks for us covering the local angle. Oh, people, this is America. We better open
0: our eyes. Really local? Really good. News Talk STL at 1019-941 and NewstalkSTL.com.
2: Make plans now to be at Lit Cigar Lounge this month. Lit is hosting numerous events. That includes live music. And there's an easy way to check on what is happening and when. You simply go to Lit Cigar Lounge Facebook. By the way, to go to Lit, you don't have to be a member. Everyone is welcome. Just another reason that Lit won Best Cigar Lounge two years in a row. Lit Cigar Lounge in Chesterfield. Lit Cigar Lounge in Chesterfield. Lit Cigar Lounge Lounge on Facebook.
4: Hey St. Louis, my name is Rob Carter. My new primetime show will explore the collaboration between corrupt media and our corrupted political system. From manipulated elections, open borders, mandated medicines, and unconstitutional lockdowns, what is going on? The Rob Carter Show. Let's talk about it on The Rob Carter Show. Join me weeknights from 8 to 10 p.m. on News Talk STL. Rob Carter, live and local weeknights at 8
0: on News Talk
1: STL. This is News Talk STL.
0: You can run on. are
1: going to you down this is larry later,
4: connor's usa larry
1: connor's usa if you're the biden campaign and you're just looking at this through a political lens this could have been a lot worse mm-hmm. this could have been you know this was a free vote there were bernie sanders organization was helping you at beto o'rourke so i look at all of this sort of somewhat institutional support that um That the, that the protesters got, including from at least one, you know, one sort of news organization, and they still only got you know so i think that to a certain community this is really highly important mm-hmm. but i think it's contained as a political mm-hmm. problem this could have metastasized this could be you know i sort of look at it the same way i look at the new hampshire write-in effort all the ingredients were there to really embarrass biden yeah. all the ingredients in michigan were there to embarrass yeah. him and just the opposite happened mm-hmm. they not only contained it in some ways he showed far more strength than i expected so that's I, again I, i'm trying to i, I don't want to somehow say oh well the, the protest movement you know Know right. came up short. I just think it—it—it's this is. There are certain people this might be a voting issue for, but it's a much smaller group of voters than I think many people realize.
2: There is Chuck Todd in a maze inside a mice cage. A mouse cage cannot figure out which way to go and how to make it look better for Joe Biden. Talking about the Michigan primary. I think he came out stronger. It, did but you hear how many different roads he had to go through before he finally tried to come out with a definitive statement. And ignoring the facts again, which is not uncommon for Chuck Todd and the rest of the state-controlled media, we'll twist it and bend it as we need to to make Joe look okay. Well, what was at stake? He was not against Donald Trump in their primary, obviously. But there was this group called, what was the full title of them? I want to make sure I've got the title because you're going to hear from one of the spokesmen that was in charge of pushing it. Listen to Michigan. Listen to Michigan campaign. That was the actual title. And they had a protest movement to cast uncommitted votes against Joe Biden. Now, despite everything Chuck Todd was saying, you know, it could have been worse. could have been worse. I mean, it could have really turned into, but but he came out looking good. And he stopped short of saying how good he looked. Yes, he got something like 600-plus thousand votes. But the Listen to Michigan, those casting Their vote is uncommitted, amounting to more than 100,000. In other words, they got 13% of the total votes compared to Biden, 81%. That's a big difference. That's a big number. I grant you that. I'm not smart at ciphering. I mean, that's why I spent five years in third grade. Couldn't get past math. But... Eighty one verse thirteen. Yeah, eighty one's a bigger number. I don't care if you put the percent sign behind it, you're not fooling me. I know eighty one's a bigger number. But thirteen is a number that Chuck Todd wants everybody to hey, ah, it could have been worse. Yeah, you're right. It could have been fourteen. Ha! And it could have been even uh not as bad. Could have been twelve percent. The key issue is, is that how many of them stood up there and voted uncommitted? And why? Well, Here's the other part that comes out of this. It's the last estimation I've seen, and I guess it still needs to be properly certified. But they have 117 Democrat delegates for the state of Michigan and the Democrat Party. 117. Based on the numbers I cited for you, as if they hold, 81% to 13%, Biden will get 115 of those delegates. Well, of course, again, that's a big number. Let me see, 117 minus 115. There is no carry five from two. Uh, two. Two delegates go to the uncommitted, which means they will have a voice, even if it's small, at the Democrat Party National Convention in Chicago in August. And, of course, they'll be trying to do everything they can to rally the party against Donald Trump. A Florida delegate had previously stated to ABC News, these uncommitted delegates could protest, they could make recommendations to change bylaws. That could be. And, of course, why was he uncommitted there anyway? Well, some of the Democrats might have gone uncommitted because they don't think Joe is up for a re-election. They, uh, they just don't think he's capable of sticking around and also maybe that they're not sure if he's going to be in the race come election day. But a majority of them probably also were tied to Biden and his support for Israel against Hamas, Michigan's very big Muslim entrenched state. Back to 2012, the state has decided that if you're going to get any kind of, delegate for the convention, you had to get at least 15% of vote in a congressional district to qualify for delegates in that district. That dates back to 2012. Well, at last report, again, Biden got 95%, uncommitted got 101,000. The uncommitted votes didn't cross 15% effectively, but they did apparently reach 17% in the Congressional District, which includes the University of Michigan and Ann Arbor. So that's a very key point. And the other is 17% in the state's 12th district, just outside Detroit, represented by none other than Democrat Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, a high-profile supporter of this protest effort, and also including Wayne County, the target percentage of Middle Eastern and North, America, North African descent of any county in the country. So they do believe that they're sending a message to him. You're not standing on the right side regarding the Israel-Hamas situation. And I stress Hamas is no longer an issue between Israel and PLO. Right now, if you're standing with the PLO, you're supporting Hamas and all that they did on October 7th and then hiding under baby beds when Israel came after them. And they continue to hold hostages. I saw a piece earlier from a father of one who's being, is the youngest one still being held at last report. I want to say this child is uh, just months old, maybe, maybe 18 months. It's a nephew one of the youngest hostages still being held in Gaza of of the man that was saying why why isn't she home he got his uh, wife and their two sons being held the, the youngest is the one year old they were nine she the child was nine months old he was when first captured, but now it's turned to birthday in captivity being held by Hamas. That's one of the reasons that there was such a big non-committed, uncommitted vote against Biden in the election. And here's the chair of the Democrat, Michigan Democrat Party explaining why this can be looked upon as success and a waking up for the Democrat Party.
1: There are enough voters who understand the difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, but also Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have a record to run on. The uncommitted campaign is part of of the process, right? Like one of the reasons we wanted to be in early state was to give people the opportunity to have their voices heard early in this process, and that's what they've done. And you see this president's listening. You know, yesterday he started talking about a ceasefire. He's listening. When we participate like this in the primary, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be voting for Joe Biden in November. We're going to roll this momentum into an a victory in November for the
2: president. Yeah, well, you might. You might. But you had me totally thrown off when you said Biden and Harris have something to run on. (laughs) Well, they don't. They don't have a road anywhere. Only would you prop up, and with mirrors and smoke, you can kind of conceal their real path. We'll have to see how the final official count comes out in Michigan, and Chuck Todd can spin it as he wants it, but I'm not so sure many of those that voted uncommitted were doing so simply because of the Israeli PLO, Hamas issue. Maybe. I mean, that's where you see most of the votes that swung in two counties, as we were saying earlier, Michigan's sixth congressional district coming in counties, but congressional districts that includes university of michigan ann arbor and the other just outside detroit represented by congresswoman to so a lot of it might well be tied to that but of course in the end they'll all coalesce and be willing to move along with the flow probably in the meantime there had been a report that came out of uh, israel earlier today or actually from hamas immediately and the plo the idf the israeli defense forces were opening fire on people is they were waiting for food, and there were many were killed by the Israeli defense forces who were just trying to line up and get food. That was the original intent of some of the stories I saw, but as you look at it closer, I'm not sure it went down like that at all. I do not know exactly how it went down, but the scenario that looks more likely is aid and convoy trucks were allowed back in. Swarms of people started rushing toward and just no orderly. And I understand if they've been starving and they want food for them or themselves or their family, I understand that. And firing shots into the air might have meant to dis- disperse them. I don't know that shots were fired directly at them rushing the food trucks. Of course, if I ask anybody from us or PLO, I'm sure they'll say, absolutely. Don't buy into that right now. It looks like as panic that got caused when the Israeli Defense Forces started firing shots to get everybody to back off. Maintain some peace till we get things settled down. And then there were cases where truck drivers were going crazy faring they were being shot at and might have run into other trucks and maybe other people. It's all going to be blamed on the Israeli Defense Force. They were not even allowed the food go in there without the permission of the Israelis. They allowed it to go in, so they're not be shooting people coming forward for it. That's just kind of simple, don't you think? Yeah, well, too many just don't want to think simple. They want to look for something every time that has this conspiracy story. I want to share something with you from another source. This would be Glenn Beck, as he wrote in The Blaze the other day. And also, where's the best place to go find UFOs and to see them? One state says, we have the answer. Coming up. You can connect with Larry on Twitter at LarryConnorsUSA. I'm always glad to have new sponsors, but I have turned some down. See, I only endorse clients if I believe in them. And I've been a spokesman for John Beale for 10 years. Through those years, listeners said they went with John Beale because they trusted me. And just recently, a woman named Mary wrote, We got a John Beale roof based on your recommendation. Thank you, Mary, and all the others for calling John Beale. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. Sometimes you want to do something extra special for someone. Vincent's Jewelers can help you. Maybe you want to do something for yourself. Mark a date, something you accomplished. It doesn't have to be anything really expensive, but it has to mean something now and for the future. Vincent's locally owned just asked for the chance to work with you, as they have with me on Olive, just east of 270. Every day, new specials at vincentsjewelers.com or Vincent's Facebook.
1: The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org.
2: I have a personal story about why I trust McGuire Moving and Storage. A relative needed to escape an unhealthy relationship. Josh, Christine, and the McGuire team were understanding, even comforting. That's why I'm honored to endorse McGuire. Since 1935, McGuire has been moving and caring for families. So, moving a home, office, local, or long distance. McGuireMoving.com McGuireMoving.com this is News Talk STL. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Welcome back. I have told you previously about how the radio conservative voice might be changing across the nation. Not here, not at this station, and not my voice, because we are locally owned. But stations, 200-plus stations across the nation, are about to be held by the George Soros Group. And do you think they're going to allow a conservative talk to continue? I worry again, first of all, about my friends that work at some of those stations and their families and their jobs. That's assuming they're not going to be cut just because their conservatism has already been publicly known and part of their broadcast, so they might be chopped anyway. One of the stations in St. Louis is KMOX Radio, which had hosted uh, rather, Aired Rush Limbaugh for 25, 30 years, and if that were still underway way today, I know they would cut Rush Limbaugh from that station immediately. And I think of Robert Highland, who was running Cam Wex for decades. He was rolling over in his grave right now that the station's been changed as it has. And yet again, I have a lot of good friends here and at the other talk station. But I want to share with you a piece that was written by Glenn Beck in his publication, The Blaze. Now, Glenn Beck is a conservative voice on a national level. And here's here's the way he writes it. Again, this is Glenn Beck. This is not my statement. This is his. There haven't been any attacks on talk radio except being squished with the rise of digital media until now. Why? Part of my job is to inform you about the direction we are headed. And how fast are we headed there? Let me give you three mile markers that are gravely concerning. Last week on my radio show, I told you the Soros Fund Management, run by billionaire George Soros and his son Alex, on the verge of taking control of Odyssey, the second largest broadcaster in America. Only iHeartRadio owns more. He adds, the left is going to take the whole industry through public-private partnerships, and it's going to succeed because our billionaires do nothing. Talking about conservative billionaires. He says, iHeart Radio has the premier radio networks, and I've worked for this company in one way or another since 1989. It is my partner with my radio program, and the company has always been supportive. If it weren't for this company, my show wouldn't be heard anywhere. Thank God iHeart is the only broadcaster right now not under attack. Again, these are the words of Glenn Beck. He said the problem began when Odyssey amassed nine or rather one point nine billion in debt, filed for bankruptcy. George Soros is taking it on, and then his company will be the largest shareholder once the proceedings conclude. So his company will be buying up and dismantling radio. He doesn't add it, but I would say conservative radio in particular. He does continue saying last year Soros bought fifty Spanish language radio stations. Gee, isn't that interesting? Now he's buying up the second largest broadcaster in America. America owns, or rather, Odyssey owns 220 stations, some of the biggest talk news stations in the country. George Soros has spent more than $21 billion over the past few decades, spending $1.3 billion just in 2022. Most of that cash went to left-wing causes, media matters, Planned Parenthood, Sunrise Movement. He's the guy who has installed radical prosecutors, radical attorney generals all over the country, and now he's buying up talk radio. Why would you do that? Why would you buy all these broadcasters? It seems like it's a failing industry, right? It isn't. About 80% of Americans still listen to radio. May I repeat that for you, folks? Again, this is Glenn Beck pointing out, about 80% of Americans still listen to radio. That stat is incredible, according to Glenn Beck, as he writes and now the second-largest broadcaster is going to be in the hands of the Searles family. He said that's the first mile marker. And next is Cumulus. Cumulus used to be the ABC radio network, At one point the largest radio network in America, now the third largest. It's facing a takeover by an investor based in Singapore. And as part of the bankruptcy, the company buying it has asked for permission from the FCC to become as much one, as 100% foreign-owned. So the third largest broadcaster in our nation is about to go to a Singapore holding company. And Glenn Beck asks, how does this bid for America? He said, that's my second mile marker. And then he points out that last week, the commissioner of the FCC, Brendan Carr, announced the FCC would require every broadcaster in the U.S., to start posting a race and gender scorecard that breaks down with the demographics of its workforce. Activists lobbying for this because they want to see business pressured into hiring people based on race and gender. Now, courts have already overturned the FCC twice for pressuring broadcasters to make hiring decisions in violation of the Constitution. And he said, I dissent. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care what color you are. I really don't. I want to know what's inside your head. I want to know how you think. Can you think of bringing something different to the table? Can you fit with what your different thinking is as to what I'm trying to accomplish? He said, if you can, great. That's how I hire my people. And he said, and now we need to start hiring based on gender and race and everything that would or rather should not define a person. See where we're going with this, folks. If George Soros holds a vast majority of stations in the nation, there will be no conservative voice heard, not even an independent voice heard, only leftist propaganda over and over. If Singapore Holdings holds the second largest group of stations, or maybe the largest by that point, do you expect you're going to hear democracy? He said, let me give you the last mile marker. CBS News, just threw out Catherine Herridge, she said, I worked with her at Fox News. We didn't agree on everything all the time, but without a doubt, she's highly credible. One of 800 people, including 20 journalists, recently let go. Why? Well, CBS points to financial pressure. But could it be that Herridge, as the New York Post described her, is, quote, a constant thorn in the side of the Biden administration? Could it be that actual journalists aren't welcome at CBS anymore? He said, when I was at my height at Fox News, I told everyone, we have to get out. Everybody thought I was crazy because everyone worked their whole lives to get to Fox News. Now I'm saying, you got to get out. I said it because the whole thing was going to burn itself down, and now here we are. I also said at that time, if you're working for mainstream media during its collapse and you survive, dot, 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 you'll be working for the government. And all of these people will be bailed out by the federal government. Those are the words of Glenn Beck in his column he wrote for The Blaze. He also added, I remember sitting in so many meetings with big companies trying to figure out how to solve the media problem. At the time, we were doing it better than anybody else, but we had no margin for error. It was all on me. I remember sitting in those meetings and saying to those business leaders, your numbers don't make sense. I'm sorry, guys, I'm not an accountant, and I'm not a good businessman, but I can look back at this and see it's not going to work. It was all hype. Now the hype is over, it's all falling apart. What remains of the mainstream media is falling apart. He said, but while the war has been long-raging against mainstream media, it's been all quiet for some time on the western front of talk radio until now. He said, the left is going to take the whole industry through Public private partnerships. It's going to succeed again because our billionaires do nothing. Honest to God, our billionaires who believe in America do nothing to protect and safeguard our freedoms that they claim to love. The only one I know who is actually putting his mouth where his mouth is, Donald Trump, and perhaps a handful more. So, what about you? You want to stay in the shadows? That's fine, but it's up to your detriment. Again, those are the words of Glenn Beck. Not mine, but I think he did an excellent job in laying out for you what I was telling you the other day about how the landscape is changing for conservative radio. I never mind competition. I'm all about competition. If you're a better conservative broadcaster than me and you get a bigger audience, great. I have many say, why aren't you syndicated? Well, that's a complicated issue, and it has a lot of of moving parts. And we're always welcome to it, but we never can put the parts together that I think we need. And it could be, Larry, you're just not good enough. Okay, that's fine. But I love being here at Newstalk SGL because it is a great, strong conservative voice, backed by two guys who know conservative radio extensively, and we can say what we want. That speaks for every program on here. And even in the midst of our operation, there are times I might not fully agree with one of the other hosts on some point, and there are probably numerous times they may not fully agree with what I say. But overall, we have a mission to push patriotism. Patriotism. I'm not here to push Donald Trump. That is part of it right now because that is the way we get our country back. And I push our nation as a whole. And you can be an absolute opponent of Donald Trump and hate his guts. But if you're a patriot, we have things in common. And if we have things in common, let that be our starting point. And those of you who are listening now, share this kind of message to your friends, relatives possibly that are so far left that you think you can't have a discussion with them. Now, again, I, I'm not encouraging that you argue with them, get into battle. If it's, if it's a point, as it is with one of mine, if I even brought the name up Trump, it should just go ballistic. So what we do is just talk about kids and grandkids. Talk about the things that unite us. And one of the things that should unite us, regardless of which political side you're on, is patriotism and this country and love of country. Do not buy the argument from either side. Well, if Biden is elected again, we're, our country's gone. We're, we're lost. I won't like where it's headed and we we'll have to fight hard at that point, but also don't buy the argument. Well, if Trump is elected, he'll become a dictator forever. We'll never see another election. Do you really believe that? Really? Anybody out there? No. It is just nonsense. It is to be more direct, Texas BS. And I could smell it from here, as you should. So this is the value of supporting this station. If you're listening and you're also thinking about you have a business and you want to be in a position where you know that you're going to be with a people of like mind that believe at least first in patriotism and freedom of speech, I invite you to check out Larry Connors USA and we'll probably work out a deal for you. I know we will or any of the other hosts on the station. But we're going to need more support because we're going to be fighting against George Soros and his billions. But it's not a losing cause. When the Continental Army went against the British, everybody said, there's no way. I mean, they don't have the know-how and the will and the skill and the bright, shiny uniforms. They didn't need them. They hid in the rows of bushes and shot them as they walked by. And who won that war? Oh, yeah. That's why we're here today. All right, let me go 180 degrees from where we are talking about fact and America. Let's look way, way out yonder for UFOs. Wow, Quentin, was that a UFO or a jet? My good friend George Norrie on his program in the evening, he loves these kind of subjects, and I thought, well, that's a good reason to bring in one of these right now, because I seen, I saw a report, I should say, that points out the best place to spot a UFO. The best place. Well, there's a place called UFO Watchtower in Colorado, Southern California, uh, Colorado's St. Louis Valley has been the scene of mysterious UFO sightings, and Cattle mutilations, animals dissected, and so forth. We've had that up in the Hannibal region of Missouri decades ago. But this watchtower is near Hooper, Colorado. You can camp out and see a 360-degree view of the area. They, They don't guarantee you go see a UFO, but you get a beautiful night out under the stars. But now, according to the University of Utah, the best place to spot UFOs is the American West. That would include Colorado. They were using National UFO Research Center information. And of course, now they're called Unidentified Anonymous Phenomena UAPs. Give me a break. It's a UFO, unidentified flying object. And they point out most sightings occur in the American West where proximity to public lands, dark skies, military installations afford more opportunities to see strange objects in the air. And some might have been military craft being worked on at various times in the past. But of course a whistleblower, the House Oversight Committee back in July of last year talked about his experience of seeing UFOs. And others are saying, well, each of them could have a an explanation to some extent. And yet there are pilots who've seen them and have them on radar. They're there and then all of a sudden no, they're not. Or they disappear at a rapid speed. Faster than we could keep up with. And hovering in areas where you can't hover that long at that speed. I mean, there are all kinds of things you can bring up. Have you seen one, by the way? Jimmy Carter saw a UFO. Are you aware of that? Jimmy Carter said that he saw a UFO. He's out fishing and at night and looks up and sees a, a UFO. Unidentified flying object. Doesn't mean it's filled with young little green men. It's just unidentified. So the University of uh, Utah professor leading the study said, It's more likely you're going to see unexplained items, and they're probably things like something in the sky from airports or the military. But the question remains, what is it we're actually seeing? It's a tough question to answer, but it's also important because any uncertainty can be a potential threat to national security. That's true. And it can also be a balloon floating all the way across our nation, which we do nothing about. So what are we going to do then? As always, I thank you for listening. I appreciate you sharing and letting others know about this program. Sponsorship's always available for you. And I really encourage you to continue passing the word to others. You're my best salespeople. And support our sponsors. And remember our pledge, One Nation Under God.